people actually need to think what do I actually want in my heart of hearts and is this what I truly want or is this what I think I should be doing because of the industry. Hi, I'm Julie Hyde and I'm passionate about inspiring leaders to step up and lead and be powerful role models for those around them. My guests are all doing just that and I ask them to share how they are making it count and how they have created their success. I can't wait to share their amazing stories with you. My guest today is Eleanor Moshe and she is Australia's first construction coach. Eleanor is an ambitious and driven thought leader and mentor in the construction industry. Her passion is to guide and inspire industry professionals to construct their career. Now this was born from her own experience within the industry and despite achieving, she felt unfulfilled. This is a really powerful chat with Eleanor who is extremely confident in what she does and who she is and is unapologetically her. And this is something that really attracted me to her when I first met her a year ago when she was on a panel. She's real, she's authentic, and she has some very powerful insights to share, not only for those in the construction industry, but for all who want to be more successful. Sit back, grab a coffee, and listen in to what Eleanor has to share with us. Eleanor, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here, and of course, to be on the other end of a microphone. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. Roles reversed. <laughs> very excited to chat with you today. I'd love to start at the very beginning. So in understanding what was your dream in terms of when you wanted to grow up, like what was that aspiration for you? I have Jewish parents, so I was meant to be a lawyer. And I remember year 10 career counselling going up to said counsellor and they're like, what do you want to be? And I said, a lawyer. And they said, why? I said, my mum said so. That only got me in so far. And I did one legal subject and it wasn't for me. And that was the aspiration of Jewish parents. But of course, I have really good parents who only want what's what's best for me and for me to do whatever I see fit. And I found my way into architecture, which I thought I would become the grandiose architect who has their name up on buildings. But again, I was very disillusioned with that as I started off my academic career. But what I did find was that I was a creative, but not in that conventional sense. Yeah. So I started asking more questions and seeking more answers as to how does the building actually get built? What is it that I'm missing that allows this project and design to come into fruition? which is what led me into the big wide world of construction. And I started off doing my master's and it was everything at once and all consuming. And I really enjoyed the challenges and the complexities of the industry. So I started off my career working on project delivery. And then I got to a point in my career, I think about around the five year mark where I got to a destination and I was extremely unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I thought this can't be it. Everything that I have worked towards, someone who is so ambitious and career focuses me to get to a destination and think this isn't it, this isn't for me, what's happening here? My worldview, my paradigms and everything that I thought that I wanted started crumbling down because for as long as I could remember, the ambition was to 
climb the corporate ladder, but I couldn't tell you why. Mm. And I started doing that most important work of all, which is the inner work to actually start putting sense and to figure out what exactly was happening because externally it seemed that I had an incredible career and people were coming to me for career advice, but I hadn't felt that I've actually solved anything in my career at that point in time. And it was through the conception of a vision and of course asking myself then very difficult questions, but they were just because they're simple questions are also simple not to answer. Yeah. I started actually uncovering what is it that I actually wanted. And when you realize the vehicle that you're in isn't the vehicle that's going to get you to where you want to go, one should take immediate and massive action to change that. And that's what I did, which led me down the path of a thought leadership, which is a different form of entrepreneurship. And it's why I get to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, yeah. And when you get to that point, and I I know I'm speaking generally here, but I think sometimes all of us get to a point um, at some stage in our life and it can be very confronting when you're thinking, gosh, I really wanted to do this, but it's really not feeling, it doesn't feel how it should. So something's missing here. Absolutely. And you need to actually go into that discomfort And not actually rely on conventional career intelligence, which will tell you, just get another job, just ask for a promotion, just ask for more money. It's none of those things. They're tactics and they're band-aid solutions. It's about finding a career that is in tonal alignment to your person. Mm. And you have to figure out one before you can actually figure out the other. Most people have it in reverse. And that's how they keep on arriving at destinations and remain constantly unfulfilled, despite of the external factors, which really are not qualifiers of success. Yes, absolutely. So all of the work that you did, all of that internal work has sort of landed you to where you are right now, which is someone that I admire because you are unapologetically you. You just stand in your own spotlight and what I love is you just say it how it is. So when I first saw you as part of a panel um, last year, just before we all shut down for COVID, I was like, wow, this 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 woman is like just incredibly confident. So where has this confidence come from? Is, is it just that internal work or is it something that you really had to dig down deep and find and then, you know, really bring out and stand in and own? I remember that day vividly and it was one of the first days for me on my thought leadership journey when I felt that everything came together right. because up until that point in time, you know, you learn pieces of the puzzle and it takes time for it all to really come together. And I remember leaving that event and I called my mentor, Ron, I'm like, Ron, this happened. I get it. <laughs> I get it now. It was a spectacular day. It was May, March 5th and I had my event on that night as well. It was a brilliant day that I got to experience pre, pre-COVID yeah. and pre-everything that was, but no, absolutely not. I used to be the shyest person in the room. I used to be someone who would seek, actively seek out other people's opinions in order for me to do anything. It would be, I would do a Vox poll and make sure that I got everyone's (laughs) opinion, except my own. I would feel so nervous making a decision, Mm -hmm. let alone a big decision. I couldn't talk to people, let alone on stage, let alone about something that people do not talk about, let alone craft out a niche as I have in the industry and to do what I do and to stand as I do, as you Mm. described, 
I did not have that confidence. I had it in me. What happened was I gave my power away. And Mm. through societal conditioning, through adopting beliefs that aren't actually serving you or your own trajectory, over time, like like cliff way, like waves hitting a cliff shore, it erodes, but it happens slowly. And you don't actually know when it happened. It's not a light bulb moment. It's not a switch that you just say, now I have no confidence. Now I have it. It happens gradually over time. And that's exactly what I was doing over time. I let everyone who I thought mattered in my life, I put them on a pedestal. I let them have agency over me. And that's how I got to a point in time where I was dull. I was diminished and I was meek. And I remember meeting my mentor, Ron Malhotra. He's my thought leadership mentor and now my business partner. He saw me. He saw me for what I could be. And I remember when I met him, I couldn't even look him in the eye because I was so intimidated by power and, you know, someone who was so well presented. And I was obviously immediately attracted to that because it's something that I have in me. As you know, we are drawn to things which we already have in ourselves. And I don't know who that Eleanor is anymore. And to get to the level of confidence that I do have today, and I do say that now I have confidence for breakfast, (laughs) it's taken a lot of work. But the most important factor was, A, yes, the mindset work. And that's Mm -hmm. a podcast episode within itself. Mm. But what gives me ultimate confidence is I know who I am to the macro and the micro. I am unshakable in my confidence because I know exactly to the DNA what I'm here to do. I understand the game that I'm playing. I know what's coming ahead. I know when you're dealing with human behavior and thoughts, you're always going to have vitriol thought thrown at you, especially when you try and do something new in an industry that is so conservative and doesn't actually like change. I was prepared for this, but I also know that if I didn't know me and what I'm here to do and the value that I need to deliver because the universe is coming through me, then I wouldn't have confidence. And I and I can see why people give up when they do one year in the game, six months in the game. It's challenging. Mm. So confidence has also come because I do. And I choose to have confidence. Everyone has it. People just mm. choose to ignore it as well. But I also do, I don't wait to have 100% confidence before I go into something. I'll do it. Either way, I'm going to learn and I get the experience. And that's what cumulatively also starts to give me that confidence. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine an Eleanor that is meek, diminished and dull. My gosh, that's just um, totally unrecognizable to me. So (laughs) it's, yeah, incredible. And like you say, it's a choice, which I think is really empowering. And, And people will be attracted to you because they have that in them, but they they can't identify with that yet. So in saying that, because you are incredibly confident and, as I say, you do stand in your power and you say it how it is, so if you come up against challenges because of that in terms of people judging you in a particular way, and how do you handle that? 100%. And it came quick, which... I was both a bit surprised at, but also not surprised at. So I'll give you two scenarios. So when I launched my podcast at the time, mine was the, you know, it was a new podcast, new concept, and it was the only podcast which focused on the people behind the projects. It wasn't a technical podcast. And I launched it. I didn't have any expectations as to downloads or who would listen. I thought, I hope my mum would, and she still hasn't. (laughs) 
and all of a sudden I get to 5k and I'm like that's a big number in my world that's a very big number so I posted that you know constructing you got 5k thank you to everyone who listened thanks to the guests who said yes within two hours of me posting I had a handful of one star reviews on my podcast now if it was a one star product I'm more than happy to get a one star review no problem if someone actually genuinely feels that but to purposely go and put negative reviews on that and that's you know that's on top of comments that you get you know people putting links to other people's podcasts on my on my podcasts and all sorts of things so you get very passive aggressive type people who cannot stand to see someone else win and then I remember once I put up this post I had a quiet as, as you like you know how I look I have a quiet bold look I'm, I'm quite assuming and I put up this very assuming post with a very bold caption. And it was one that specifically detailed, I'm not available for everyone's whims and woes. I'm not available to just jump when someone says, hey, I want to catch up for a coffee. I mean, if I was available to everyone else, what's left for my clients? What's left for my business? What's left for my community? I'm not just freely available. And people took that as Eleanor being a an arrogant, stuck up person. I got hun- that, like hundreds of comments one person saying, and they turned it into something which it wasn't, that Eleanor isn't available for everyone if they have a mental health issue. Like, I I don't even know how you came to that conclusion. And they were saying, I'm going to call your work and you're this and you're that. That's just some examples. Mm -hmm. And then you also get, you know, assuming messages and you get people who block you and defriend you because you didn't want to meet up with them. It comes. It what happens behind the scenes? It it's it's there and it's weekly. And I'm not even at the stage of you know ultra controversial or or anything like that. And and you get it. And that's where people, you know, they see the external, they see the features, they see the likes on posts, they see the followers. Fantastic, but that comes with a lot of grind and a lot of hustle. And you have to take. You want the good. You want the raving fans. You have to have the haters and. One thing that I learned early on is I'm very glad to have the haters because I know I'm doing something right. Yes, and I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And I think when you can polarize people, you've got a really powerful brand. Just, as you say, the passive aggressiveness of people, like to put a one-star review on your podcast, like I just don't understand the mindset behind that. And then, of course, the comments that comes with the social media space, and I, I get that, but I suppose it's really tests you to stay in touch with exactly what you're doing and who you are and just reconnect with that probably daily like you say and it's like I'm on on my mission I'm on my journey and they can have their opinion but I'm moving forward 100% and I'm not here to be someone for everyone I know from my brand it's it was never going to be something for everyone nor do I want it because I also don't want to work with everyone and there are people who won't resonate with my message there are people who would prefer to be in their comfort zone and to be a victim. Great. If that's what you think will get you the results you want, who am I to stand in your way? And we do it out of a place of serving other people. And we know very strongly why, like, you know, why you do what you do. I know why I do what I do. So then in the Mm -hmm. face of challenges and adversity, yes, we're human. We feel, and there's a reason why I remember the vitriol that comes my way. I'm not, you know, we have a heart, but it doesn't stop us. And that's the difference. Yeah. And now it's time for a quick break. To have a successful business or career, you need to lead it and lead it well, which is why investing into your leadership is so important. 
If you are someone who wants to level up, play a bigger game, and supercharge your results, then join Julie on her seven-week Role Model Effect program. It is a laser-focused program designed to give you clarity and confidence in your leadership to enable you to lead with influence as we move forward in our uncertain world. It will magnify your self-awareness and confidence, amplify your growth, and intensify your influence as a leader. If you are curious to know more, visit juliehyde.com.au or contact her directly to find out more. Where you choose to weave your magic is in the construction industry, which is where you started your career. I do a little bit of work in that space, so I understand the challenges within the industry. And as you say, it can be really quite outdated in terms of the the structure and some of the thinking and it's a very male-dominated industry as well but what I love is that you have chosen to work with people within that industry to empower them in a way to make their career work for them rather than for the organization so and I think um, you were talking about before like that passion has obviously come from what you experienced so how do you how do you do that with the people that you're working with when they can come up against some pretty massive challenges with potentially their direct managers or leaders or within their organisation that maybe aren't ready for them as yet? Well, people have to realise that, you know, if you want to be in corporate, whatever whatever it is that you want to be in, whatever game you choose to play, whether it's corporate, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether that's whatever it is that you choose to do, you have to know, A, the rules of the game, and B, you also have to properly equip and skill yourself to mitigate those challenges. So my mentor, you know, Ron Malhotra gave me the analogy that anyone can steer a ship on calm waters. That's easy. Yes. But not everyone can actually navigate a ship through very high, turbulent, challenging waters. And what people do when they arrive at that situation, that's when they find out how exposed they are, how underskilled they are, how underprepared they are to actually deal with any sort of conflicting interests potentially Mm. right people aren't people don't know how other people work they don't know how how much time have actually spent on the high income skills of influence persuasion negotiation of understanding human psychology of understanding people motivators they haven't done any of that prep work Mm. for years because it takes years to build up those skill sets and to do and to then apply them really, really well. Yeah. They haven't learned them. Then they arrive at these situations and what do most people do? They go into blame mode. It's everyone else's problem but me. It's, you know, the project managers being mean to me. It's I'm not getting the promotion. It's I'm not getting the pay. It's I'm not getting any opportunity. Well, the mere fact that you're shrugging off responsibility, you have already disempowered and disenabled you in that situation to actually come out on top and actually learn from it. So when people do find themselves and then they come to me and they say, this is happening now, it's like, well, what were you doing two or three years ago in order to mitigate this, in order to actually know what you need to do when these situations come up? You're actually underskilled and underprepared and you look at a construction project. You, would you go into a construction project without any contingency, without actually preparing for the worst thing? Absolutely not. This is exactly what people do in their careers. On a project, we plan for the worst safety scenario that could go wrong. Yeah. We plan for every day. This is what's going to happen. People aren't using that same principle-based insight and wisdom to their own career. So they're constantly going to get to different points in time 
they'll be unfulfilled, that someone else has pulled rank or power on them, that they are not being seen, that they're not being heard, that they're not getting what they want out of an organization. Well, what are you doing? Yeah, I love that. And I love that analogy in terms of likening the career to like a construction project because you're absolutely right. You think proactively, you think strategically and you have your contingencies in place. So, of course, people should be thinking about that um, in their career, but you're not necessarily taught to do that. No, and this is why mentoring and, you know, the space that we're in, mentoring, coaching, advisory, consultancy is so necessary because we fill in the gaps no one tells you this you know what I learned through being mentored I wouldn't have find found this anywhere and even if I had I wouldn't have even been able to piece it all together to understand how it makes sense let alone apply it so if I had wanted to go out about this alone it would have cost me what 10 years 10 years of opportunity cost of time of interest on my principal and and then what and I'm still nowhere in my career but that's Mm. why you know having that mentor and having someone who knows how to play you know play the game and who knows the rules of the game is so important I can teach you this is what you need to know yeah in order to achieve in whatever it is that you're you know in the pursuit of any ambition but you know it's not in the academic system best interest to tell you if they tell you this they'll render themselves irrelevant and it's a billion dollar global industry that won't happen yeah right corporations it's not the corporation's fault you know I highly respect corporations from the fact that an entrepreneur one day they took a risk they have been able to build out something you know greater than themselves they're providing value to other people they have the right to say well this is my business this is how it's run Mm. so the onus is always on the individual to go back and say what do I need to do now yeah I love that and one thing you really encourage others to be is a thought leader and to really step up and lead their career, which I think is also really important to build their own brand within the brand and to effectively do it before they need to, um, similar to like, you know, building your network. You, you can't build a yeah. network when you desperately need it. You need to do that before you need it. So can you share a bit about that with us and why it's so important? Thought leadership is something that is so commonly, you know, it's a it's a term that people now throw around. And I actually had someone who has no idea about thought leadership tell me what they think is a good thought leader or not. I'm like, how would you know? You haven't actually, there's over 50 elements that are required to be pieced together for you to achieve authority positioning. Mm. That's if you do it well. A thought leader is someone who is known for what they know because what they know makes a difference. This can be applied to someone who is an entrepreneur, so within an organization, but of course, it is the vehicle of entrepreneurship for those who want to scale out because it allows you to build your message, your brand, your market based on something that you are really passionate about. And I will always give it to the construction industry. There are a lot of passionate people in the industry that just legitimately love the industry and want to be part of making the industry a much better place. And when you actually use the tool of thought leadership to leverage your influence, to create a deeper impact, and to also have a magnetic and congruent brand in which allows people to understand you, how they interpret you is a different story. I can't control that. But they can understand what I stand for. That's extremely powerful because when you look at the marketplace, there is 
little to no differentiation, not in the professional marketplace, not in any marketplace. Like if, a, you know, what's going to make someone choose between two different accountants? What? They're both qualified. They both can do your tax return for the fastest amount of time. They'll both maximize the amount of money that you'll get back. How is someone actually going to make a decision? Mm. They make a decision based on authority positioning and on branding. I mean, think of your consumer choices, mm. what you're wearing, what we're wearing, how we look. It is influenced by by brands and, and by people who have influenced us along the way. We're all human. We all get influenced. Yeah. But is that person actually benefiting what we're trying to achieve? So thought leadership allows you to have this congruent market positioning that at least when someone has a need before they even know they have a need for what you you have to offer, you're front of mind. So you may get the inquiry whether or not you convert that or not. That's a different skill set. That's the, the second half of it. But it allows you to attract the right people to your business. And there is no other model which allows you to do that and to get to get past people's demographics, but to really understand and see the person. And, you know, I could, it would be a podcast episode within itself talking about the kind of feedback that you get from people and you're in the same space, like the, the feedback that you get from people as to how you've transformed them from the inside out. It's incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, in corporate or in your own business, what the pathway of thought leadership affords an individual is simply exponential because we live in this social age right now. We're not in the industrial age. We're not in the information age. We're the social age. You're really taking out of that message. It's really, as you say, it's about that influence and it's about influencing people within the organisation as well as then externally. So what do you think is a really powerful question that people in the construction industry should be asking themselves right now? What do I want? Yeah. That sounds very, very simple, but nine out of 10 calls, people that I interact with, I ask that question, what do you want? And I get very surface level thinking, you know, I just, I just want a job. Mm. Okay. You can go work at Target, Mm. but that's not what you want, is it? Mm. No, no, no. That's not what I meant, but that's what you said. The best thing that someone can actually do from themselves is dig into their heart of hearts and understand what is it that I want? What is it that I yearn for? Mm. Is it recognition? Is it influence? Is it impact? Do I want to be that person up in lights? There's nothing wrong with that. It's a big part of the Australian culture, you know, tall poppy syndrome. To pull someone down, you're getting too big for your boots, come back, you're, mm. you're doing too much, just stay humble, don't do too much. People actually need to think, what do I actually want in my heart of hearts? And is this what I truly want or is this what I think I should be doing because of the industry? Yeah. And that's also very common. The construction industry does a fantastic job of fitting people into boxes. Mm. It gives people very narrow frameworks and realms of what's possible yeah. in their career. So the best thing that will actually start people on a journey of a journey is to articulate for themselves what it is that they want. Yes. So Eleanor, how can people get in contact with you? Your audience is more than welcome to get in touch with me and connect on LinkedIn, Eleanor Moshe. My Instagram is at Eleanor Moshe underscore. And for all other opportunities, eleanormoshe.com. Awesome. And I'll share all the links out with the show notes for that as well. So people can contact you really easily. 
I've absolutely loved chatting with you. I'd love to ask you one final question, if I can. And that is, how would you like to be remembered? Because I met Eleanor Moshe along my journey, I was able to live out the exceptional future that was always meant to be for me. Oh, so powerful. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you. And I'm so honoured to have been there on that day when everything just came together <laughs> for you because, you know, that, that was, that's obviously a really powerful moment um, for you and I got to share that. So thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Julie. It's fantastic to be, to be in conversation with you. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business, and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me, julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.